0: Welcome to the Gradebook, a Tampa Bay Times podcast on Florida education issues. This week, we have A citizen journalist, the whistleblower, who has been causing all sorts of consternation among people who run the Hillsborough County School District, but has been highly informative to people who watch the Hillsborough County School District. His name has been a secret to this point. It's Jason Ferger, and he is going to be talking with our Hillsborough County education reporter, Marlene Sokol. Listen to the interview, and then afterwards, stay tuned where Marlene and I will talk about What does having a whistleblower mean to a community, to a school district, and to the things we do, reporting about public education for a mainstream traditional news media source? So, Mr.
1: Ferger, um, I have just a few questions for our listeners. And the first one um, is, what do you care to tell us about who you are?
2: I am a husband, a parent, a community You know, volunteer, and, you know, a taxpayer stakeholder, like I said last night at the meeting.
1: Okay. And I've got to ask, because people sometimes get suspicious, um, are are you some kind of paid operative from people who who are enemies of the public schools?
2: No, quite frankly, you know, this is a part-time volunteer gig. Um, You know, if you really look, I wish I was getting paid, quite honestly, but no, absolutely not.
1: Okay, I just had to ask. And so, uh, Mr. Ferger, um, if you could tell us why you do this, because you've been doing it for, I think, about two years at least, ever since since shortly after the school board fired Mary Ellen Elia. Why do you feel this is a worthwhile use of your time?
2: Well, I don't think the whistleblower page... Is really it's not a singular thing. Um, you know, it's a it's a combination of a lot of people. Uh, so it's not just me. But why do why did I decide to start speaking up at meetings? You know, I've learned over over some time that these some of these public officials, and it's not just our school board, but they truly are doing things that are unethical and. And I, you know, Mark Cluso, the guy that spoke yesterday, the first time, uh, or my first yesterday, rather, you know, he started saying that what they're doing is criminal. And quite honestly, I you know, some of the things that they are doing is criminal. Um, well, anybody ever get arrested or go to jail or pay fines for it? You know, who knows where that'll happen. Um, but why do I, why do I speak up? You know, at the board meetings now, it's, the district seems to be unwilling to, to make change internally, um, whether it's the administration or the school board, and I quite honestly think the only way that, you know, change is going to occur is if it, if it comes from the outside.
1: Okay. Well, and, and you say. Let me back up a minute. You say that the the whistleblower is a number of people, and I know that sometimes people refer to themselves as the whistleblower army. Um, however, you do quite a bit of research, and a lot of work goes into what's on the website.
2: Well, you know, from my viewpoint of looking at what's actually on there. Um, you know, a lot of what's posted on there is just articles from you or from ABC Action News and, and other things. Um, me, research, you know, it's, it's really just a part time. You know, it might take five hours a week or so sometimes, but it's not a huge amount of time that's, that's put into, uh, in, into the actual
1: site. And again, for the why, as you just said, it sounds like the why is because you feel that that there's wrong that's being done and that people are not being held accountable.
2: Well, you know, I'll give you my first, you know, from a very personal standpoint, um, you know, one of the things that happened to my student when we first moved down here was he was, he got in trouble, um, for not completing a a parent survey. Um, it was a parent survey. It could have been done online. Um, but my student got in trouble for appearance. something that I didn't do. Um, the, the second thing that really was disturbing, um, and it was probably, you know, this was probably three or four years ago, but on numerous occasions, um, probably four or five times in about a, a three to, to four-week period, um, the bus didn't come and pick up my student just flat out didn't come so numerous phone calls were made to the district um, even to Mr. Farkas and none were returned so finally on the one time I actually got in my car and drove down to East Bay High School um, and talked to the area manager and instead of owning the situation um, they basically said well it's not our fault that runs being covered by somebody, you know, another area. Um, so really, there's been a couple things that's just really, uh, you know, been been very disturbing. Um, and, and that's kind of why you know, I really started following what what the board is doing, what the administration is doing, and, and why I kind of put a little bit more, a little bit of effort into uh, understanding uh, the issues and, and what's going on
1: behind the scenes. You know, it's interesting you say that because I had that same experience. Um, I, I never really got upset at the district until one. my oldest child started riding the bus to middle school, and it was a choice bus, and it was a nightmare. And I, I hear what you're saying. You look into something, and then you realize that things are really wrong, and you can't believe how wrong they are. Um, Absolute,
2: absolutely. I mean, I'll give you one other example. They sent my son, you know, my student home uh, for being sick. He didn't feel good you know, in the morning and they gave me um, you know, just a piece of paper saying, you know, how communicable diseases are supposed to be um, treated. Uh, and I was like, he, he does not, he's in all AP courses, he does not need to go home. So I, I called the nurse, spoke to her, she gave me you know, the, the the runaround basically. So I requested the documentation that they took his blood pressure and you know all his temperature and stuff. And the nurse told me I can't have a copy of it. Mm. And it's it's his record. I have to be able to have a copy of it.
1: Okay, so f- moving ahead and fast forward because for the last two years there's been a lot of buzz surrounding the whistleblower and, you know, the name Mike Shmoranov is the, is the name that, you know, has existed in the public records requests. So there's been a little bit of mystery now that a school board member has publicly revealed you, are, are you going to keep doing this? I mean, what happens now to the whistleblower?
2: Well, you know, April Griffin, Said whatever she said last night, I, I, you know, we can't put any of her words back into a bottle. But, but I think what she did for herself last night was really show uh, how real childlike she is and, and petty. Um, and if I were her, I would be very concerned about somebody that requests public records and wants to share them either with you or ABC Action News or NBC or any of these other uh, news media outlets here locally. Um, so what happens now? Uh, I don't think anything happens. You, you know, I've been called a lot worse by a lot better people. And um, I think it will be interesting for everyone to see months, really the, the drastic changes that are likely to occur on, on the people that are sitting up uh, you know up on that dais.
1: Well judging by the comments on the site today, you have a lot of supporters.
2: Well again, I don't think that the whistleblower site is just a one person deal. You know, there are you know there are a lot of people I think that that, that contribute and the influence and that actually has, you know, uh, what I would say, decision making, um, of what gets put up, what doesn't get put up, you know, what gets, gets taken down if, if, if a mistake was made. So, um, if they, meaning the school board members, um, the senior district leadership, if they did their job, ethically and honestly and, and, and with a moral compass, there wouldn't be a need for any sort of a whistleblower site. And it would make your job and Jeff Solacek's job and Adam Walsner and Nova Pransky and and, and all of these people, it, it would make your jobs very, very easy and boring.
1: Yeah. Okay, well, well thank you very much, Mr. Ferger, and uh, I wish you luck.
2: Thank you. I appreciate
0: you, and you have a great day. So, Marlene, you finally got the elusive whistleblower on the record, basically. How did you even figure out who he was, or have you known for a while?
1: Well, um, first of all, it was board member April Griffin who, who unmasked him, and I suspected who it was. I never had any proof, and to be honest, I never really went after that story either. You know, it was kind of a live and let live type of a thing.
0: I was expecting somebody super fiery and he seemed kind of mild in a way in your interview. is Maybe that kind of belies the person who's mild is the person who's got a lot to say.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, he was very subdued in the interview. Absolutely. I I think he may still be a little bit stunned by what happened yesterday because um, this individual is relatively new to journalism. He is not a journalist, and he had been anonymous for so long, and then all of a sudden, you know, the curtain was pulled open, and there he is. So I, I think he's still adjusting to the notoriety.
0: But you say that—or I mean, you say he said that he was just a parent, somebody who with a lot of interests and in the school system— he he seems to have been somebody more than that, though. In my head, he has so many connections, and he knows things before even we do. Sometimes, who is he really? I mean, do you know? Has anybody said yet?
1: Um, I, I know a little bit about him, um, and, and not a whole lot. But I think he really understated his role. Um, I do know, having had some conversations with him now and then, that he he gets he gets his information from a lot of different people who come to him. They call themselves the Whistleblower Army, and these are a combination of people who retired from the district, people who quit in disgust, people who have different grievances, people who have an ax to grind, Um, and they seek him out, and he gives them full anonymity so they feel comfortable. That's one of the reasons why he gets to things oftentimes before we do. Um, so it is an army and people do work on things with him. He is not doing all of this by himself.
0: You mentioned the part that really, um, captured my attention too, is because he gets to things before we do. And these people who you mentioned, the disaffected, the angry, the fired, whoever they are, they used to be our sources. They used to be the people who would come to us and now they're going to a whole different area of the internet that exists out there how does this complicate what we do
1: how does it make me feel (laughs) that's a good question and yes sometimes i follow stories that the whistleblower broke Um, in fairness sometimes his reporting is not entirely accurate so he will float a rumor and sometimes it begins as a rumor and he will put it out there and I will check into it, and it might be two thirds of the way true, and it, you know, and and more often what happens is he throws something out there, and then I report it, and the district either they clean it up or they give me an, a more accurate version, and then I get to write the actual story, which he then posts on his Facebook page. So. You know, it's a very strange working relationship because sometimes these are issues that nobody would know about except for the fact that somebody went to him, he floated a rumor, the school district responded to it, I wrote the full story, and then it goes full circle because once it is on his Facebook page, people jump in and they post comments, and he gets a lot of comments. And then sometimes, as you and I both know, information is in those comments that we can then pick up on so it, it really works in tandem
0: it's a it's a queer symbiotic relationship because a lot of times you see things like this i've seen them in the school district where i work in pasco county there's a there was for a while an anonymous blogger posting things up there and they would be sometimes true sometimes not true a lot of really good information you tell is coming from somewhere but when i asked for some information or tried to figure things out, I got lots of pushback, like I'm not doing my job well. And so it was kind of an interesting, different take on the same kind of situation. It, it kind of depends on who's out there and how angry they are, doesn't it?
1: Yeah. And and his his things that he posts, you know, it's a lot more opinionated. It's a little bit edgier. Um, and it's evolved. At the beginning, a lot of it was very amateur Um, posting embarrassing pictures of school board members, I mean, really fat shaming. And, you know, and he got pushback from that. And people said, that's mean spirited, that's silly, it's not relevant. I mean, this is America, nobody should fat shame anybody in America. But, you know, and he's, and it's gotten, I'm going to say more respectable over time, although it's still not journalism the way we practice journalism. And, you know, we have different standards that we have to abide by. And, and what we do is more milk toast, but it's also more responsible. So it's really two very different styles and, and two very different kinds of relationships with the school district. And, you know, as much as we might want to sneer at it sometimes, look, information is getting out there. A, a good example, the air conditioning crisis I don't think anybody really had, in the public, was really aware of that until the whistleblower started posting pictures of thermostats in classrooms all over the district. And, you know, we might know that our own child's school was, you know, was hot, but we didn't know that the other 187 schools were hot. And that became a story, and the chief operating officer acknowledged a billion dollars' worth of deferred maintenance, and so forth and so on. So, you know, it brings things to light. And then journalists like you and I, then we go and we cover it under the rules that we have to live by.
0: Did he just have like a, an anonymous email address or something so people could reach out to him?
1: You know, I don't know the, the mechanics of that. Um, the the um, When I speak to him, it's on, I guess it's like a Google phone that you don't really know who it is. Um, but I don't know the mechanics of of how this all works.
0: Because I just was wondering if it's anonymous on his end and anonymous on their end, how the information actually gets from one place to the next. We post our email addresses and Twitter feeds and everything everywhere for anyone to find.
1: Yeah, I mean, we're a lot more transparent. And I know that as a reporter, one thing I always tell people, because yeah, people call me with tips and they say, can I go off the record? And my response is always, well, okay, I'm I'm not going to quote you, but if you're telling me about something and I pull a public record and your name is in it, you you know, I'm not your priest. So I'm usually very careful not to promise people that their name will never be used because, you know, that's a trap. And then it turns out that they were in the middle of whatever the issue was. So, you know, I mean, I'm a little more careful with what I promise people, but it's a different role. I mean, he he is somebody who people come to with grievances, and and again, it's it's not just him. It, it is kind of a network of people who are dissatisfied with a lot of things right now. The teachers who are not getting the pay raise they were expected. So that's another universe of people who are disaffected disgruntled and he is their hero
0: well i wonder how long it's going to last if things get solved i mean how long can he go on Or if he's not alone i guess there can always be somebody doing the whistleblower role right
1: yeah and i don't know where the bottom is quite honestly because the pay issue is far from being resolved and y- you know when you when you pick apart any big public school system like the one i cover there are so many problems, and, you know, right now the story we're writing today, the chief of schools is job hunting, and last week three, you know, three other top-level people were either displaced or, or they've left to not be replaced. So there are a lot of issues in the school district, a lot of problems, and when money is tight, people are angry, and so, so, so I don't know that things are ever going to be so good, that there will be no citizen journalists out there, you know, pulling on all these threads.
0: Well, I'm gonna applaud the citizen journalists because they are interesting and they also help us and we like to hear from them. And I hope that everybody can have this great symbiotic relationship forever. And that's just my my cheerfulness on the whole thing. How do you take it?
1: <laughs> I agree. I mean, look, back in the day, I competed against the reporter for the Tampa Tribune and uh, and I went through a number of them. Now there's no more Tampa Tribune. I do not want to be doing this all by myself. So although his methods are different than mine, and although it's a little bit embarrassing when he gets to a story first, it is a symbiotic relationship, and I'm pro-transparency. If it gets the news out there, you know, I'm all for it.
0: Well, Marlene, I know I said last time that you needed to come back soon, and I'm glad it was this week because you have a really good story, and, and it seems to constantly evolve, so... We'll talk again maybe next week.
1: Yes, absolutely. Take care, Jeff.
0: That's the end of our podcast. If you'd like to participate in this conversation or any others that we've had before, please visit our Facebook page, Tampa Bay Times Gradebook. If you want to keep up on the latest breaking news in Florida education, visit our blog, tampabay.com slash blogs slash gradebook. I'm reporter Jeff Salajek. Thanks again for listening.